Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. We're back for a bit of a season review episode here, episode number 38 on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'd like to welcome my guest, uh, not my guest host, my co-host. They're certainly not guests, they're part of the furniture here. Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. Hello, how are you this postseason? Yeah, very well, thank you, Jez. I'm glad you got that sorted out. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been on air. You're a bit rusty to start with, mate. We expect a bit better from you, yeah, I must say. Sorry, I'll pull my socks up right now. Yeah, you should do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's normally Donato that's stuffing things up, mate, this start of the set. If only you were wearing socks, yeah. Yeah. I was just having a look. I've got some very short no ones. Oh, on. hang on. He has got the greatest calves in the history of rugby league. <laughs> the baby cows are fantastic. They are. Look oh, how white they are. You did sick. You burnt on a full moon. <laughs> Uh, what about the shape of them? They don't look like a moon. No, no. <laughs> you want to be careful uh, walking in front of the TV, Jez. They might get a suntan. <laughs> they, look, they look like an upside-down chicken thigh. <laughs> Shannon, you know all about that. <laughs> Mate, you'll be hungry already. Oh, oh, no, no. oh and we're no, off. They don't, look like, they, don't look like, they don't look like chicken thighs that Shannon's got. Hold on, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's plenty of meat left on these ones, yes. <laughs> the ankles do. <laughs> uh, good start, good. actually. Yeah. It is a good start. Well, good to hear you well. Hello, over to you, Shannon. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, Jez. Uh, enjoying the off-season. A bit more time on my hands. So I I, I was going to you know, establish a sarcastic club, but uh, it's been really hard to tell if people are interested in joining or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I've yeah, just gonna have to find something else to do. <laughs> very good. Oh, very good. Right. Well, the last time we were here, it was uh, just after round twenty-four, leading into round twenty-five. The return to the Sydney Football Stadium uh, against the Roosters, and since then we went all the way through to the preliminary final, our fifth uh, straight preliminary final here at the club. We had a couple of wins over. The Roosters and the Sharks in the finals and uh, a couple of losses to the Roosters and the Panthers in that period. We're looking at the top four moments that you've got from that uh, that period of uh, our season. We'll start with you, Shannon. Well, not only was it one of the highlights of that part of the season, it was the entire season. And I reckon in terms of all of the matches I've attended, even as a player or a supporter, was beating the Roosters in that semi-final. I dare say we're all going to have that, I would mm. imagine. But it was like nothing else. It was like we'd won the grand final. Mm. And I think it was um, all the build-up to the antagonism around the stadium and whether we would or wouldn't be playing there in future years and just uh, some of that arrogance coming out of the Roosters and 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 their camp. And to, to beat them and beat them in the circumstances that we did with being down a few players sent off and just the courage and determination to win against the Roosters was amazing. That was um, one of my all-time favourite games. So beating the Roosters was the top moment by far. Yeah, I think we'll all have it, so we may as well chat about it. I, I thought um, I thought we had him as soon as Victor Adley ran on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Dead set, you could see. I, I was lucky enough to be sitting right next to the tunnel and you could see his eyes rolling like poker machines as he ran out and I thought, we've got this bloke. Yep. He's not going to stay on the field here, and he was closely followed by his mate Jared Warrior Hargraves. Yes. Um, once those two started to lose their their uh, tether there in the the first few minutes, I thought we've got these blokes. And then, um, obviously, we had a few 
leave the field as well. But when we scored with 11 men on the field, I thought, that's it. Yep. That's my second one you've taken, Jess. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Eli. But that that would have been so heart-wrenching for them just to think this is our chance to try and get a couple of tries on the board while they're down to 11 and then it's actually us that put six points on the board. That would have just been like a knife to the heart for them. Well, a couple of things. Not that it's a real big heart. You have to have a a good shot. (laughs) There were quite quite a few few things that changed um, between, you know, the the final fixture and the the first semi-final. Obviously, the result was the biggest thing that changed, Mm. but... Into the lead, leading into the first game, there was the stadia debate going on in the paper, and I I heard from a reliable source that they had big preparations for that last game about they burnt some things and buried them under the stadium and stuff like that for their home ground, which which is fair enough. I, yeah. I, I completely understand them doing that, mm. you know. Uh, so there was a lot of emotion emotion involved with them there. There was emotion for us, but it was just the fact that we're playing the Roosters and we're going to the new stadium, which was, mm. was fantastic. Now, we had our, our coach come down with COVID that week. Mm. And and to be fair, he came down during the week and we had a meeting on the Monday leading in. And JD said, let's just take this as a normal game. We don't. There's no massive builder. We, we're probably going to be playing them anyway. Mm. You know, if we play well, we'll win. And we'll play them at, at ANZ. Mm. Okay. If we don't, we'll play them back here next week, yep. but we'll be ready. The start of the first game, Cameron Murray gets douched. That's it. The yep. first tackle. Yep. Right. Um, so he's out of the game. You know, goes on to the second game we play them, he's our best player. Yep. So there's a big difference straight so one away. One of the things I know, there was a hell of a lot of whinging out of the Roosters about Tedesco supposedly being taken out mm. by Tom Burgess, but... Their memories are very, very short considering what happened to Cam Murray the week before. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be fair, we came out in in their game. We couldn't, because we had disruption, we've had to throw a player off the bench in early. They got a roll on us. They were kicking the Latrell and blocking him in the end goal and put a lot of pressure on him. Mm. Crowd was booing Latrell and everything like that. Yep. But, you know, what that did for us was just tell us what it was going to be like next week. Yep. Okay, and yeah, it was like the perfect dress. Reversal. It was, and we learned from it. We fired up the next week. We got a better start. Started putting them under pressure. Then, um, you know, Tane. I don't know how he didn't break both his forearms in the game, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's the only bloke I've he ever tried seen again against the Sharks. <laughs> you normally see blokes. Sorry, Penrith. You see, you see ice packs on their knees and ankles, and that <laughs> had them on both forearms after the game. I can't believe it. But any, anyway, but, um, you know, and, and that try, and, and of all people, of course, Luttrell. Yes. 11 on 13. That's it. He gets the ball, and he's the bloke the week before. They were charging out of the line and putting numbers on him. They had extra numbers. He just made them look yep. second rate, to be fair. He did. Uh, and that turned the game for us back in our favour. And another great moment in that game was when um, – Isaiah Tass scored the try, uh, you know, yeah. getting at the later stages, and we knew we had it. That yeah. was that was a really fulfilling moment. But the other thing I must say, apart from the grand final, that's the greatest atmosphere I've ever felt in any game as a player, yeah, or, or on the sideline. Like the, there must be something the way the you know, the, there's an amphitheater they've created yeah. there, and yeah. it's the way they've done it for the acoustics and that of the, the ground, and it was a full house. And it was just, it 
just what rugby league mm. is to, to all people who have been following as long as mm. us. And anyone comes out and says that that game against the Roosters wasn't one of the greatest games in the last decade, I'll turn it up. Oh, yeah. I, I don't agree. care. You know, all the all the naysayers, oh, it was all backing around the head. But, you know, no one got seriously injured. I know there's a couple go off a HIA. And we don't like that. But they, they're accidents. Like, like Tom... Tedesco stepped Tom and he's put his arm out and Tom's gone. And everyone knows Tedesco runs two feet off the ground. That's so. right. That's right. And look, look, <laughs> Tom Tom got him. That's why we didn't go to the judiciary. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tom got him. So yeah. he just had to take his medicine and we took it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and, and that was a you know, that was an accident. Mm. But when Tom got head slammed on the ground, that was no accident. That was no accident. That was absolutely that was that was happening twenty five years ago in the game, that mm. sort of stuff. Mm. And they get away with it because there was no video evidence on it in, during games. Well, they didn't cover it like they do now. That wasn't the same sort of thing. But that's okay. That happens in the game as well. Yeah. But you know, you take all those incidents out of the game, there are a number of tries scored. They were the two League's greatest rivalry. They talk about Parramatta and Penrith. Are they are they serious? Yeah. Parramatta and Penrith are the yep. greatest rivalry. They're kidding me. Okay. The greatest rivalry in the game. The atmosphere at that at that ground was fantastic. Yeah. And the atmosphere since that game, and it'll be until round one next year. South people walk past Roosters people and go, huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> We've got more grounds at that stadium than they have, so it's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was enormous. I sat in the in the borough for that game, and we had a sponsors function beforehand. But rather than go up into the box, I just the atmosphere was electric down there, and I wanted to really be amongst it and enjoy it. And it was. I've been to you know um, World Cup matches. I've been to State of Origins up at Suncorp. That was some of the you know that was right up there with the 2014 Grand Final. Yeah. You no, actually kept in Italy in one of those World Cup matches, didn't you? Yes, I did. I was going to mention that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bit later, I, thought, but, you know. <laughs> I thought I'd get him before you. You, 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 you normally do. I thought I'd get him before you today, Shannon. Nice of you to mention I want to break from the normal scheduled program that we've got here. I want to give you a rap, Ello. Actually, it's normally everyone taking everyone down. But <laughs> and he's not talking about those sandwiches in the flatbed, but he gives you a rap. Ello got excited for a second there. What, one thing I noticed because of where our seats were, we were right behind the bench and we with all the chaos that was going on with seven sin bins and all that sort of stuff, you and Brock Schaefer did a great job of keeping our bench calm. And I thought that was a long go went a long way to us winning that game because we kept our heads. And I remember after the game, everyone saying everyone expected Latrell and Cody because they can be hotheads at times to lose their heads in that game. But they were the two that, in particular, that kept their heads calm and we win by sixteen points. It, You're right, it was uh, it was great to watch, Ello. Like I. It was a bit of a master performance down there, keeping everyone calm, getting them back in their seats, all that sort of stuff. And you were up and down, those knees getting a workout. <laughs> Could see you put the little oil can in the side, just oil them up. <laughs> to, be, to, be, to be fair, Jez, it's it's, it's normally like that, and yeah. we, we we like to keep it that way. And so you you got to take tip your hat to the players as well yeah. that, that are there and the staff. They they understand that, yeah. You know, to, to get an ideal performance, you've got to make sure you're thinking what you're doing. And, yeah. and, I, and I must say, um, you know, the last number of times we played the Roosters, they've sort of lost their heads at certain stages, yeah. isn't it? Um, That's what I said you know, about been, Radley and JWH. Good. When they ran out on you, we'd, we'd got them. Yeah. Like, can I ask, because I've noticed that's a really good point, Jez, that they can't, and I'm like a, a bubbling volcano inside, you know, and, and nerves and all these different emotions. Whilst, Outwardly, you're portraying that you're calm because you've got the players all 
you know, following your lead and you're trying to keep them calm. Are you, what are you like on the inside? Are you calm on the inside as well, Ella? At the, at the uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. I, you know, I, I, I take I've been doing it for quite a while now. So um, what what I always try to think is what what do you, what do you have to do? What's your job? And to be fair, my, my job's not that difficult. I mean, we, we don't get, uh, you know, an, an amazing amount of messages from the, from the coach because the players know what they're doing, mm. you know. I've got John Sutton next to me who is great with messages anyway. I can convey a message to him pretty easily from, from JD. He takes it out on the field. The boys have great respect for him. Yep. They know where the message is coming. Mm. He takes it out, so they listen, you know. Yep. Uh, Brock's there that he does the HIAs and things like that. Sometimes the, the, the interchanges sometimes, because they'll get changed at the last minute, but you just got to keep your head and make sure your signals and all that are fine. And... Um, but yeah, you you do get a little bit um, uptight at times. But the thing is, you just got to realise what your role in the whole thing is, and you can't go. Yeah, it's no use worrying about other stuff because I I can't go. You can't go out and tackle. You can't throw the ball, kick it, and you can't give decisions that JD's got to give down and and messages and that. I've just sort of transfer them, and uh, so it's. I I really enjoy it. I'm close to the action. Um, I think with the amount of time I've done it, I've probably. Uh, feel a lot, of, lot more relaxed doing it. Yeah, I've no, I've seen this in a similar vein. I've seen you, you know, giving instructions and orders uh, at Imperial Peking downstairs, and I've noticed <laughs> that you've you, you've done that plenty of times. So you're pretty calm and collected with all of that as well. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like yeah. Normally, normally, normally on the sideline, I have Brock sitting next to me, and I at the Imperial Peking, I have you sitting next to me. <laughs> But, yeah, you're very good at interchanging the plates, Shannon, I must say. And the lazy Susan. Wheel of Fortune. Oh, it's not lazy when he's up there. It's Susan. It's tired, Susan. Uh, one of the, the points I had on my list from that game was Latrell's reaction at full time, when uh, particularly when Brad Fittler was interviewing him. Yeah. I, I went up to Trell after the full-time siren because every week that's who the broadcasters want to talk to first. And normally he says, oh, yeah, I'm just going to shake hands or I want to go see my family first or something. There's always a little bit, not argy-bargy, but he's always just wants to get thing, other things done first. Anyway, he was absolutely spent that game. I walked up and I just patted him on the back and I said, well done, mate. I said, Freddie's just waiting over here to have a chat with you. And he just he looked at me and he just nodded. He just walked slowly over there. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he didn't have any energy to argue or to, yeah. <laughs> to do anything I else. Must, I must give Freddie a rap too for the way yeah. he handled that situation. I thought it was outstanding. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm so scathing of the media for a lot of the way, and it's it's not so much the uh, you know the the commentators and that on the sidelines and that, but the print media what they what they do with Latrell, and that that's one of the game part of the games is just ridiculous. I mean you. Dealing with Luttrell, you know, every day and knowing what type yeah. of person he is and what seeing yeah. him grow up in front of us, in yeah. front of our eyes, it's just it's a tragedy that he gets betrayed the way he does yeah. by some of the media outlets. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm scathing on some of the some of the people that what they say and what they yeah. write. Yeah. It's, it's just not right. Yeah. It's not not correct, and it's it's a blight on our game. Yeah, yeah, but the way like he. After the reaction he got the week before where the crowd was booing him relentlessly at the Roosters' home game and then when it was, wasn't was anyone's particular home game and even though the poor old Rabbitohs members 
had a false start with their <laughs> their ticketing codes and that sort of stuff where they were behind the eight ball and buying tickets. I reckon it was at least sort of 65, 35 Rabbitohs. And when his face came up on the big screen, the cheer that came out for him, it, it stopped him in his tracks and he just had to take the moment in and you could see it was really emotional for him. And as you say, Freddie handled it he so did. well. Just took the microphone away from him, let him have that moment. Um, and it was really powerful on TV as well, the 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 blank space. Like it's one well, – I've studied a lot of commentary because it's something that I've wanted to do all my life. And I remember hearing Richie Benno um, say if there's an amazing wicket taken or something like that, you don't have to talk over the top if the crowd are giving the reaction themselves. He said, let you just sit back, don't say anything, let the crowd take it from there. And that's what Freddie did. Um, that afternoon, and it was just such a, a great reaction and just showed how much Trill loves this place and the people, he feels supported at this place. And then I just thought it was so classy of him. He did it two weeks in a row, went over and not only shook all the Roosters boys' hands, but Trent Robinson's, Nick Politis, all the other people that he dealt with at the Roosters that he obviously still has respect for these guys, um, despite the way things... Um, ended with his time at the Roosters. I just thought it was just so classy from him um, to do that. And as you say, although seen him grow up before our eyes, it's it's like there's a change from when he first got here to where he's at now. And there was even a big change from when he got on the plane to Philadelphia to when he got off it in Sydney. They're just the change in the guy and and how he how he prioritises things now to um, perform at his best, whether it's his footy or with his family or whatever he's trying to achieve in. He, his business, his farm, he can focus on it now. He doesn't have things going left, right and centre around him. It's amazing transformation. Well, he's got the ability to be, you know, he's already up there with some of the all-time great players. Yeah. I mean, by the end of his career, I imagine he could be one, you know, one of the top five ever to play the game. He might yeah. be the greatest ever. Yeah. He can do things that others can't do. I mean, and that's that's obviously, that's going to take time for us to see that. Yeah. Um, but, you know... We should be admiring his talents than you know the the than the things that people perceive him not doing well. Like you know, he he comes out and he speaks his mind on things, and he you know he he talks to the media, he talks them all, and sometimes he says things that he probably thinks, "Oh, I wish I hadn't have said that" or yeah. things like that. But there's other he's players honest. that say, "Well, I'm not talking to him." Yeah, at least he's and, honest. And, <laughs> and and if and if he didn't talk to them. He'd be the worst in the world as well. That's right. oh, he doesn't talk to us. Yeah. Well, so he, he can't win. Yeah. He yep. can't win. Yeah. Yeah, I think the key is just being his authentic self. Don't try and be, you know, I know you tell him this. I've heard Wayne tell him that before. JD tells him that. you just got to be yourself. You can't mm. be somebody who you're not. And that's who Lichol is. Yeah. I had a bit, yeah. of, a, a bit of a laugh, actually, because I monitor all the, as much of the media as I can in my role as media manager. But there was one particular... Um, Journo who bagged him for contradicting himself uh, with something that he said around. Come on, Jess, let's give us a name. Can't us, come, come on. Latrell Mitchell was, con- <laughs> was contradicting himself, but that was the same Journo that was bagging Latrell for speaking out and speaking his mind, saying people should be entertainers. But four weeks earlier, was bagging the State of Origin players for not sp- talking the yeah. game up, and <laughs> it was uh, the biggest contradiction you've ever heard. <laughs> like just stuff like that. Like it's pretty. Uh, Oh, it's not harmless because it can get to people, but it just makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but the you, double standard. Yeah, you know the the best thing is, Jess. <laughs> the best thing is, people are realising the double standards of these it. people giving their opinions. So you know, uh, you know, 
Anyway. As I've said to... People have their say on that by just turning them off and not watching them or not listening to them. And that's what will happen. Because, you know, and, and, you know, that's how it should be handled by people that are watching it. You you know, don't listen to these agenda-ridden rants of some of these people. Yeah. Um, You know, and just make your own decisions on stuff. Yeah. I've said to Trell, I said, just listen to the people that you respect. Your coaches, your teammates, your family, people around you in the football club. Opinions of people on TV shows or in newspapers are the exact same opinions as the guy that you bump into filling up your car at the service station or buying your bread and milk at the grocery grocery store. It's just an opinion. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's right. Mm. So anyway, that was a good good opening gambit there. Yeah, yeah very good. That. Very good. Just got to my number one. And still, still yeah. got well, three I, think, to go. I think we got the four of them all in one. <laughs> yeah, actually, to be honest, you did. That that Lachol Mitch. Mitchell Peace at the at the end with Freddie. That was yeah. uh, another one of my yeah. favourite moments. Actually, yeah, over those over those four rounds, did Gabby um, like that? Did she? Yeah, she so did. She <laughs> <was>. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there, there wasn't a dry eye in the house actually when I watched watched that back. I didn't notice yeah, it, it on the day, um, uh, but when I watched it back when I got home and watched the game two or three times on on IQ, it was um, it was an amazing piece of theatre. Yeah, it was. It was. And you described it really well, actually, Jez. Mm. Well done. Mm. Uh, unlike you. your mate, Ella. Um, <laughs> but the next piece is... I'm uh, glad you said your mate, too. <laughs> Well said. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to have any false illusions. <laughs> oh, sorry. I said, mate, then. Uh, there was one more highlight from that game before we move oh, on. Mate, how many do you want, Jess? <laughs> this chat's gone longer than the game, Jess. Mario Fennick's performance in the sheds after the game. Oh, yes. A bit JD of, got uh, in there. JD said what he had to say about making the right choices, getting ready to prepare for the next week against the Sharks, and then Mario came in with what I can only imagine was one of his captaincy um, rev-up speeches <laughs> back in 89. Yeah. So it's just like what I dreamt of as a kid, thinking that that's what it would be like. He was ready to go. Must. If you could have given him that number 12 jersey he used to wear, he would have run out on that field and played him again on his own, I reckon. <laughs> I can paraphrase what he said. He said, we gave it to them. But what yeah. exactly did he say? <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe not. So we pork in them, wasn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it was, uh, What's the ad about the pork? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty animated, that's for sure, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was yeah. fantastic. And descriptive. Well done, yeah. Murray. <laughs> um, my other highlight, we spoke about that semi-final win against the Roosters, uh, that finals match win against the Roosters, but the semi-final against um, the Sharks, it was a very different atmosphere at that game. But because we were always in control of that match. It was actually a great semi-final. You know, the Roosters, when you sat there tense, and it could have went either way, and, yeah. you know, there was so much passion, and, and it was a fervent match. But the Sharks one was very different. It was really enjoyable. We were in control the whole game, and you could see us at our best. So I actually just really, really also, in a different way, enjoyed that Sharks semi-final. A lighter point on that one, too. Cam Murray's performance in that game was... If they still had Rugby League week around, it was a 10 out of 10 yep. in their play ratings. He was fabulous. And that try that he scored, just palming off Dale Finucane, who's one of the renowned defenders in yes. our game. And Cam just made it look so easy to get by him. That yep. was, I, I reckon that, that was one of Cam's best performances of his NRL career. I, um, yeah, it was. It certainly yeah. was. Um, one of the top four moments was the first 20 minutes of the prelim final for me. Mm. 
And the reason it's the top four now because all right, so we won't finish my four. We'll just go. Oh, through. sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. That's all good. That's all. That's all good. Go, no, 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 go no, for it. Going, going, mate. No, no, going, no, 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 no. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a free shot in the ribs. Well, I just don't like your jokes, Shannon. You're, you're not that funny, all right? No, I've listened to Jeremy here for 15 minutes this uh, morning talking to you guys through. Go on, because that that was a that was a great performance. Hello, go on. No, and I, I just sorry, mate. I thought you were done. I thought. No, that's okay. Yeah. You were hoping I was done. <laughs> it says four, not 44. Good, good work, Ella. No, no, no. The first stick another run sheet. Yes. <laughs> uh, and thinking about it, the first 20 minutes of the the uh, prelim final, okay, there's no Alex Johnson out there, okay? There's no – well, Tom Burgess isn't on the bench. Saliva Hillavilli's not on the bench. Uh, but – it was a precursor of what we can expect moving forward. That's mm. why it's, I go to it today, and I wanted just to explain my th- thoughts on it. Mm. Well, we led that team 12 nil after 20 minutes. Mm. Normally in a game after 20 minutes, we replace our front row and we bring Tom Burgess and Saliva Havili on, mm. right, who a lot more powerful with respect to the back rowers we had to bring on That's in right. that game. Yep. So, and their back rowers, they're not normally front rowers, these mm. guys, you know. And, you know, I look towards next year and I say, if we're having the same situation again, we're going to have the same team. We've got Alex Johnson there. If we can be fit, we put our team on and on the bench, Tom and Saliva come on. They come on that night, I can win a tournament apart because the mm. Panthers were struggling. Right. We put another on him. I reckon we could have nearly put him to the sword. Yeah. Mm. Maybe a Davey Mawali will be a ready. Dave Mawali, and he'll be ready as well next yeah. year as well. Now, my thoughts are that in that Penrith team next year, there'll be no kick here. Mm. And there'll be no Karras here. Yep. Okay. So that's what gives me great, uh, yeah, great hope and great confidence for next year. Mm. Um, and I mean that. I, I really, I always have confidence in our boys, as you know. And if we had our full team on this year, we'd have given it a good shake. Yeah. I yeah. mean, other teams can say that as well. The Roosters can say that as well. But the Panthers were pretty much close to full strength. I, I think they were at full strength. I think only missing Taylor May. Taylor May. He's the only one. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the winger. Yeah. yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. We, we were missing Alex Johnson. Too. Yeah. I think they just cross, cross each other out, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Or probably, I've probably got Alex ahead of Taylor. Yeah. Only at the moment at this yeah. stage of their careers. Yeah. So that, that's what we forward to next year. And that's why I just want to jump in and tell you how important it is. Now, our roster for next year um, is is only – it's similar roster. We've got Daniel coming over from the Roosters. We yep. saw uh, you know, a couple of great bursts for him earlier, but yep. he had a bit of an injury, which he'll we've, he's over now. We'll have a great off-season. Mm. Got some young players. Lachlan Illis in his second year. There's David Mawali coming through. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we've got Carapani. We've been talking to him about for 12 months and yep. haven't seen him. No one's seen him, which is great. Yep. Um, Tyrone Munro's coming through. You probably won't see him next year, but mm. see how we go. Back Isaac Thompson with another full season. Yep. Pre-season. Richie Kenner staying with us. Yep. Uh, we saw the best of him late. Yep. Again, he came to us at the end of January last year, so he didn't have a real good pre-season. Yep. So... The importance of our pre-season is massive, yeah. but I just I can't wait for next year. Yeah, 
But you know, uh, Mel said, hello, you've, yep. got, you've got his pump ready yeah, to go I'm ready again. to go. <laughs> I feel like climbing some sand hills or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not, actually. <laughs> yeah, but they, they become sand flats after you run them. <laughs> <laughs> I say, what nice thing you know, he's like a pit bull, just turns around and you pat him and he just bites you on the hand. Last time ever, Ella. No, no, no. I'm glad you're excited. So, Ella... Um, are you, so that was a great first point in terms of your favourite moment. Are the other three the ones Jez and I said, are they, as, as per well, usual? It's not, hard, it's not hard to know that they're going to be those ones. Oh, right? yeah. I must say. So that's a yes. Okay. Did you have any more, Shannon? Oh, look, I just want to – one of the ones was just the courage of our players. You know, you mentioned that we were short on, on troops and the, the ones that were able to get out there were – we're just so brave. Everybody knows about Stretch and his ribs and Latrell and his ribs and Cam and had some pretty severe head knocks and just how brave all of our boys were at the end of a campaign. And in the end, we just we did run out of troops, um, you know, in that second half against the Panthers. But the courage of the boys, I think they did us all proud all year, but particularly in that run into the finals and deep into the finals. And if we weren't so busted, I, I agree with you, Ella, we'd probably go on and win it. Yeah. Yep, I had one other one as well. Um, Ella, you were involved up there on stage with George Piggins presenting Junior Totola with his George Piggins oh, medal. Yes. That was a fantastic moment. Junior just, you could tell he didn't expect it, which shows the humility of the guy after the season that he had. He was, I reckon he was up there with the best front rowers in the game. People were talking James Fisher-Harris and these guys, um, Campbell Gillard, these guys. Junior was playing some great footy, the late footwork that was getting him through the line. He was always on the front foot, always bending the line. And his defence really improved this year, I thought. I thought he had a fantastic year. I thought it was a a great choice as a a George Piggins medalist. And that must have been a bit of a buzz to be up there when George presented the the medal to him, Elo. Well, it was. It's it's always great to be in the the presence of the great George Piggins Mm. too and um, for what he stands for with this club and... Mm. Um, yeah, the unbreakable spirit that we have. Mm. And it just showed again. It just showed again. We've been beaten by the Roosters. We have a, That was on the, uh, the... Yeah, we had the, we had the George Biggins medal on the Saturday night after being beaten by the Roosters. That's right, isn't it? Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, was, so yeah. We, we came together and we knew where we were heading and, and um, you know, just having his presence there and Junior respected it. And, mm. um, uh, George, he's... We well, we can't say what a how big we can never say how great a performance he's done for South Sydney, George Piggins. Yeah. And to have him there, uh, and presenting the award was always fantastic and um just, your speech was pretty special about George and the values he instilled and the fact that they're still in the woodwork of this joint of this club, you know, that's the legacy that lives on you. You know, you shared it on the night. Do you want to just share, you know, that some of that ethos? That you yeah, yeah well, it, it was just that, that, you know, George had been there through the tough times and everything, and, and we've always been a club. We started off in Redfern, which was a, you know, a poor area, but always had fighting spirit, and and George conveyed that, and, it, and we've always conveyed that through the Rabbitohs. And, um, you know, George took us to our greatest fight of all, and, and we won. And mm. it was was the unwinnable fight. Everyone thought, mm. and we came out of that. And I just remember the words that you know he, he said. We, well, yeah, I said to the boys about what we'll do on Sunday. The Roosters will, will stand shoulder to shoulder together, and we'll stand toe to toe with our enemies. Mm. And that's exactly what we did. 
and um, and that's what we always do with this club, and we'll continue to do it. Very good. Well said. Oh. I'm not making any jokes about any of that. I've, I've got goosebumps, so I'm not. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, bloody oath. Very good. Righto. Well, that was a good uh, wrap-up of the end of the year year uh, there. But um, I reckon we can go another another couple of steps in 23. Bring it on. Nodding Why not? Do- Nodding doesn't work <laughs> on a podcast, fellow. you got to use your voice. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to talk for another five minutes before you stopped. <laughs> Right, let's go to a break, move on to our second topic. Now, we're recording uh, during the first week of the Rugby League World Cup. It's the 2021 Rugby League World Cup being played at the end of 2022, which can be a bit confusing for people and difficult for people that keep uh, historical statistics like like myself at the club. Or the numerically yeah. challenged like Ello. The top four, he has seven or one. It's a, it's a very confusing time of year. We've got the 21 World Cup being played in 22 when everything I'm planning for next season is about 23. So I'm thinking about 23. I'm not sure what year it is. But yeah. <laughs> I'm all over not sure the what place. day it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without a training schedule, I'm st- struggling mm. with our Tuesday team list. Um, <laughs> Um, so we thought we'd have a look at the top four international rugby league moments that stand out in your mind. It doesn't necessarily have to be a game or a, or restricted to the Australian Kangaroos or anything like that. Just international uh, moments around the game that, that stand out in your mind. Ello, do you want Shannon to go first? So you can say three of mine are the same as yours? <laughs> No, I can go if you right like. Oh, uh, yes. Right this will be good. No, but if, you, if you want uh. to go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell, I'll tell you one of a great, and, and it's, it sounds strange why it is a great international moment for me, but it's back, it's 1972. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've, I think I've spoken about times before how I used to get up with my parents and my brother and we'd, we'd watch the games. They'd come yeah. in at 2 o'clock in the morning. We'd set the alarm and wake up and... And I, I, I don't know where this test match was played, but I, I just remember uh, it was Australia and England, obviously. There was an Ashes test match. In 1972, I think Bobby Fulton would have been playing in that, and I think Arthur Beetson and blokes like that were playing for Australia. And But the the memory of it for me was that there was all this straw all over the field, okay? And what had happened, that it had been that cold that the, the ground had actually frozen and iced up, so... They put this straw on top of the field because it was just starting to thaw out. Right. And it stopped as much of the, the, the sort of furs and, and slush and stuff yeah. like that. So that, that's that's one memory. I, wow. Yeah, you know, truly, truly, I, I do remember, unless I was dreaming at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's one memory I have. And that's, that's as, 1972, God, I was uh, eight years old then. Yeah, so, right. but I used to just... Yeah, the footy, I've loved it ever since I was a kid. And we get up yeah. and watch them all, all different sports too. So, and having a game in England, it just had, it had that, uh, you know, that atmosphere over there that we, we that wasn't quite here. It was just a different feel, yeah. you know? Yes. And that's why I was so desperate to get over to play in England yeah. at the end of my career. I just want to get over and experience it. It was... I was lucky, lucky enough to do it for yeah. five games. They spoke, sing and chant yeah, and they yeah, get yeah. right into oh, it. Oh, they do. Yeah. I've spoken about it before too. There was that mystique about playing the Poms yeah. because there weren't many of them playing in the Sydney competition. 
yes. back well, then. That's right. So it was always great to see these guys that you'd heard of. When I was growing up, it was the Ellery Hanleys and the Gary Schofields and yes. these guys. You saw them for three or four games at the end of a season playing for Wests or Illawarra, Andy Gregory to Illawarra, yep. that sort of stuff. But you barely saw them. And then it was the same with Origin. You never saw Wally Lewis or Gene Miles or Greg Kineskew. And yep. you only saw them at Origin time. And it just it was so special. You don't yeah. get that anymore because uh, 90% of the competition plays in the NRL. Yeah. So, no, it was, it was always, always exciting. But I, I vividly remember that. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was 1972. I, I obviously couldn't tell you where it was, yeah. that, but it was it was you know that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. In a similar vein, I remember uh, getting up and watching the Kangaroo tours, and I had a little black and white TV bedroom in my room. My brother and I shared a room, and we he'd wake me up or I'd wake him up because Mum wouldn't let us get up that early. Um, but watch the uh, Kangaroo or the Emus, they'd call them. They yeah, play yeah, the club that's sides right, that's against right. yeah, 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 And yeah. it was great just seeing, like you said, Jez, all these blokes you've never heard of before playing yeah. for these clubs you'd never heard of. We know the Super League clubs because of Fox now, but yeah. back then, you know, you never knew the Huddersfield Giants yeah. or, or the South of Devils or whoever they were. And just watching the Australian guys play against these English sides, yeah. and invariably we'd built them, so that was uh, yeah. always good too. But the, yeah. the other thing was, I mean, that was, that was the time like television like started bringing more football from England yep. to you you'd only ever get the test matches but on on the tour that might have been the 82 or 82 tour or yeah, 78 well, or something like that it might have been 82 yeah, I yeah, yeah. Seven, yeah and so. they'd show all the games so that was a big that was a big thing also wasn't it I yeah. was massive yeah I, it was just such a highlight when I just first started playing footy as a kid and yeah I, just remember thinking how amazing it was. The yeah. other side of the world, I'm watching this game. It was black and white, but it was just yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. years old with his own TV in his bedroom. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the struggler from Port <laughs> <laughs> by, by, the, by the way, Jess, I thought I was given the first four this time. He's just to jump <laughs> in, has he? Do you have uh, 12 <laughs> TVs? <laughs> Do you have 12 TVs in your 12 yes. bedrooms <laughs> at Port <laughs> at the moment? Oh, please. I said it was a black and white one. It was about 20 years old. What about and TVs? Honestly, He's got about eight kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> How many dining rooms? Oh, uh, yeah. Pile on, pile on, boys. Yeah. Oh, that's pile of something, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about the Vaucluse mansion uh, for a while. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> I don't even drive through Vaucluse. I don't even know where Vaucluse is. <laughs> no, no. You've got a chauffeur to take you through there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually heard, isn't um, Ello going to be shooting a TV series for... Uh, the Rabbitohs digital channels in your apartment at Crown Towers. Yeah, what about that? For all our <laughs> listeners out there, I'm sure you've heard LA talk about for, for the last two years, he has not stopped banging on. Yes, we'll do a podcast from the Young Henry's Brewery in the factory out there at Stanmore. We'll go there, being being the men of the people that we are, we'll go there and work in class Stanmore in the factory and do a podcast. Then all of a sudden, LA, Jez and I were out of the office one day uh, cleaning out the, the Storerooms, and then uh, we come back to find out. Dirty. Ello's done a deal with Crown, our great sponsors of Crown, and he's going to do his own podcast sampling the best restaurants and bars of Crown. That's this is serious. He's getting the best restaurants and bars in Crown, with and some Jez of the and legends I, of our club uh, with the legends of our club, and Jez and I are brushed. You're humble. Imagine robbing a bank. He'd be in a getaway car. You'd run out with the bags full of cash, and the car would be gone. It'd be it'd be in McDonald's. Oh, no, 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 or no, no. Hey, no. Hey, the bags would be gone first. <laughs> Solid as a rock. It's not that silly. Oh, no, it's funny how that came about. <laughs> 
Uh, I, was, I was approached by Benny Clink and the digital team about doing a special three-episode series on, and interview some of the captains of our club. And it yes. was was uh, an initiative from Crown. And um, they had their choice of Shannon or me, and they obviously chose <laughs> me. Hello. <laughs> Sorry I'll to tell you what, I hope they got a healthy budget for well, those restaurants. Well, that's, that's why they took me. <laughs> It'll be cheaper. Hello, look, I'm sorry to break it to you, but... Ben actually approached Shannon and I first, and we said, we can't do it unless LO's involved. We can't oh, leave LO out. Yeah, and then Clink, these nicknames are Colonel, Colonel Clink, and that makes you Schultz. Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. Hogan. No, no, no. It's, yeah, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you mentioned that because... Um, I'm not. Yeah, well... I'd actually forgotten about it, Shannon, until you said that. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, do, we'll go to Young Henry's after lunch in the afternoon. We'll do the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, 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 that'll be good. After lunch, what time will it be? About 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> Late lunch. Oh, oh very good. Have a long uh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be speaking with uh, the great Bobby McCarthy. Uh, and another one. My first ever captain at the Rabbitohs, the great Ziggy Nisko. Oh, oh, yes. This is our big new. Yeah, oh, good. Two great men there. And I'm just waiting for uh, confirmation. Neither of them will hammer the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ziggy's staying overnight. So oh, oh, wow. Is he at Crown? Oh, oh God, how awesome. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, great man. The great man. And oh, I've, God. And Did I've they just, ask uh, you two to share a bed or? <laughs> How do you get your own rooms? Yeah, yeah Jeremy, that's not nice. <laughs> uh, and I'm just waiting for confirmation of uh, our current captain and local junior, Cameron Murray. To oh, the yeah, that'd Fantastic. be very good. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be... Uh, it should be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Um, Listen to Ello and Cam talk about mascot for an hour. That'll be good. <laughs> that'll be good content. Oh, just because just you're in botany now, Jess. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't play for four clues. <laughs> Jeez, he, he broke so they even have a junior league uh, too? How would I know? The four clues vampires. Please. Mate, I grew up in the working <laughs> class suburb of Wallamaloo, you know. Yeah. Mate, did a tough yeah, one. down on the water. You know the story. Waterfront. Mate, mate, we were that poor. We had to go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. <laughs> you know. Has anyone found the cardboard cutout of you that was stolen from your mum's window? Actually... <laughs> It, they did. Oh, was, we're not going here again. Are we? It was in my in her neighbour's house. Honestly, it oh. must be popular demand. Yeah, it was in the neighbour's, and she put it up in the window. Well, so it's nice. I know well, I'm, I'm a cold figure at least, somewhere. At least back then he could fit through the door. <laughs> <laughs> She said it's the easiest way to get delivery to a house. It's me standing here. They all know me, the drivers. Oh, dear. That's very good. Oh, that's good so did you give it back to your mum? Yeah, uh, no, she's still got it. So, yeah, I'll have to get one from mum, from the fine people at Menu Log, our great Oh, very good. <laughs> that's good. Uh, what yeah. were we talking about, Jess? Straw, Jess? straw on the field. Straw on the field. <laughs> straw on the field. Ah, straws. <laughs> They aren't it's or Smith's Smith or something. <laughs> were they great sponsors of the Rabbit Oh, weren't they what? That's a story of another day. Um, where are we at? International moments. Yes. I've spoken about this one on our show before. We're talking about one of the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. And his name's Greg Inglis. Mm. In a test match, it was a centenary test match mm-hmm. at the SCG 
in front of the members' stand. They put this kick in. The kick was going dead. Mm. And the ball had gone over the dead ball line. He dived full length and tapped it back in and we scored a try. Yeah. Had a, it had never been done. Or I don't think anyone's ever seen it done before that. No, nah, it, it, it gets it happens these days. Yep. That's one of the most amazing things I've seen um, in in international rugby league. Yep. And the other amazing thing about it was the fact that it happened on the day the great Jack Gibson passed away. Yes, yeah. You know, one of the great coaches of the game had passed away, and then yep. and he was honoured at the cricket ground that night before the game. And then you see Greg do that. Mm. And it was uh, among some of the other great things Greg's done his career, but that's one we talk about at international level. Yeah, was so, was magnificent. <clears throat> Mark Gasnier should give the stats for that try to GI. Yeah, should be one less for Mark Gasnier, yeah, one yeah. more for GI. Yeah. He was dead set that far over the line. He landed in the members bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was Ello having a point. <laughs> <laughs> He said, not you again. But it, was, it was one of those moments you do remember where you were. Yeah. Um, and I was... You were at the bar. I was assistant coach at the time, and uh, it was a weekend off for all the players, and um, we had a camp up at the Blue Mountains. Mm. Uh, I don't think the boys were all that happy to be there, but I remember we watched that game there, and it was great, you know, seeing, seeing Greg do it. Mm. But... Um, Greg wasn't part of us at that stage. No. This is when he was still still with Melbourne. But, yep. yeah, remarkable, remarkable achievement that night. I remember um, Richo at the time telling me he got a call from you from the Blue Mountain saying, I've just spotted this young bloke. We should sign him, Richo. <laughs> so Richo jumped out and signed GI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's that good, was Peter O'Sullivan. There's a, there's he discovered a good, no, there's a good story about that. There's a good story about when De- – I'm going to quickly tell you. De- yeah. Dean Withers used to um, – he used to have these alter egos, and one of them was Ralphie Vale Ralphie from Vail. the North Coast. And he'd go, G'day, my name's Ralphie Vale from the, the far North Coast. I'm the best talent scout in Australia. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, I'm the best player up here in, in Casino, wherever he came yeah. from, he, Casino, wherever it was. Yeah. And he'd say, uh, he said, uh, you know, me, Ralphie Vale, I've run, I've run uh, four competitions up there at Casino, and I get sick of the blokes putting me on their shoulders and cheering me off <laughs> after the grand final. So he, <laughs> That was his introduction. He's, he's rang Mark Hughes yeah. after another test match where Greg scored two tries, yeah. right? He said, Mark, he said, uh, Ralphie Vale here from the far north coast. <laughs> and we're all around listening on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Hughes, and, he obviously didn't know and who Hughes Ralphie didn't know Vale was. Yeah. Vale was. He's <laughs> listening to him. And he, you know, he's doing the right thing. He's taking the call. He yeah. thinks he might be on to something, you know. And, and Dino goes, oh, I saw this bloke score two tries in this game last night. I don't know if you saw him. But he was fantastic. I think you should sign him up. <laughs> he said, "He said, oh yeah, who was he, mate? He said, oh, Greg Inglis in the test match last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bought the house, yeah. There, there's a great oh. Ralphie Vale story. So and it, it ties in Sutto. And, um, <laughs> apparently he's rung Rennie Matua, who, who Ralphie knew. And he's rung him out. He's, oh, mate, Ralphie Vale here. He goes, uh, Johnny Sutton said to give you a ring, mate. You might be able to help me out. And Rennie, being a good mm. bloke, said, yeah, yeah, I can, I can help you out. And he says, righto, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing some kids down from the north coast and just want to, like, get them down to a, one of the Bulldogs training sessions or something, mate. Just check it out, see what it takes me in NRL play. He's like, yeah, mate, we can organise that. I'll talk to the guys. And we can have them come down to Belmore Sports Ground. Oh, that'd be great, mate. That'd be great. He goes... Yeah, I reckon. Uh, I reckon the kids would really love a barbecue on after as well. That'd be really good on after as well. And Rennie's like, "Oh yeah, okay, mate. Well, yeah, we can. I'll talk to the. 
I'll talk to the uh, community guys and we'll, we'll organise a barbie. And he said, oh, yeah, that'd be good, mate. And he goes, um, you blokes got a barbie? Have you got the barbie? And he said, yeah, yeah we got a barbie. He's gone, do you reckon you get some meat? Do you reckon you get, do you reckon you get bring the meat? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll organise the meat, mate. And he's gone, yeah, maybe... Uh, Maybe us older blokes, we wouldn't mind a couple of beers either. Rennie could bring some beers. <laughs> Poor old Rennie had put on a 21st birthday party for Ralphie Bailey he training. Did. <laughs> he, did. he did to say this to Tommy Simpson. Tommy Simpson was our welfare bloke then. I remember Tommy. He said, oh, Ralphie Bailey, Tommy, he said, uh, I'm having a bit of a problem with the drink. I'm drinking way too much, Tommy. He said, uh, and I'm punting a bit too much too while I'm drinking. So he said, okay, he said... Uh, can I come down and see you? He said, oh, yeah. He said, well, um, <laughs> okay, yeah, you can come down and see me. Come and see me tomorrow. He said, uh, yeah, that's good. He said, I'm thinking of giving it up tomorrow. He said, well, why don't you give it up today? Oh, no, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Tommy, there's another few races on the night. He said, by the way, you haven't got a spare 50 bucks, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh god he was funny Dino. He was good uh, We used to do some videos with him And he'd wear like a fake beard and a hat And he'd put a big pillow under his shirt And run out onto the training field as Ralphie Vale It was absolutely it was hilarious good. It was hilarious uh, He's a character dude. Straw on the field Straw on the field <laughs> Greg Inglis 1990 Third Ashes Test Australia versus England Yes Yep Ricky Stewart throws an intercept with five or six minutes to go in the game and they look like they're gone and then he takes it in his hand. He runs across fields if he's going to show wide. Dummies inside, goes himself, goes upfield, draws the fullback. Mal knocks four out of the way, getting them out of the way. Yeah. And then Mal scores the try to, to win the series. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to go past that one. I suppose try. you had that one, Shannon, did you? Yeah, actually I did, yeah. yeah I've he, got that one too. He was se- he's selling more dummies than a chemist. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's one of the, one of the great moments, you know, particularly for an Australian. I'm not sure an Englishman would find it all that exciting. <laughs> nah. But uh, and I experienced as a South person, I experienced one of the other great moments this morning when I was watching uh, Greece play France with about 30 seconds to go. Uh, Billy Mugius put a crossfield kick to Nick Billy Magulius, a crossfield kick to Nick Mugius. And Nick took the ball, turned the winger and fullback inside out and went and scored a try. The first time Greece has played in the World Cup uh, and we've got one of our players from our pathway squad scores a try in the corner. Yeah, absolutely. It was outstanding. And what a try it was. It was an it was amazing a great try. try. It was a fantastic try. And then Lockie st- stands up and kicks the goal kicks as well. Kicks the goal yeah. and four <laughs> Rabbitohs in that squad. A yeah. um, couple other juniors in Billy and uh, also Johnny Mitzius was there. <laughs> yeah. So... Big South Sydney contingent in the Greek the Greek squad. I was really I was really proud for Nick because he, he's you know he's um, you know he's worked hard at his game and that and and he's had a few setbacks just in his life in general. Yep. Um, but he's just stood up and be, he's been counted and he came out today and that that would have been one of the great moments of his yeah. career. I'm he's had sure. a, he's had a he won the comp with Maddo. Yeah. Yeah. This year the South Juniors comp with the yeah. Matraville Tigers. He played in that team. So um, and he yeah. pointed to his his badge when he scored he after he scored the try. He it did. was really good. Yeah. Was Ima- really imagine good. they commentated that game with the Greek side just by their first name. Nick gives the ball to Nick out the Nick <laughs> back inside to George. George back to George. George is down the sideline in the Nick and Nick scores. Ah, oh, I tell you what, Nick's been one of the best all game. 
And not far behind him is George. <laughs> He's been everywhere. Mick and George, yeah. outstanding. And then Lachlan. All 12 of them. <laughs> and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter, yeah. Uh, uh, righto, Shannon. Or well, that's four for me. That's yeah, four. that's me, that's me Jerry. Yeah. Now I well went done. first. Now, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, well, I had the same three as Ella. But <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no, I did. I'm going to talk about the one. You guys will remember this. The 1985 at Lang Park, uh, Greg Dowling and Kevin Tabernacle. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stuck what a stick. into it. Yeah. How our head bumped into the each fence other. and everything. Yeah. yeah. It was like. That was the old Lang Park, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So coming up that sort of asphalt. Tunnel part yeah. where they were slippy, they couldn't grip because they were on their uh, with their studs and their cleats yeah. on, the, on the cement, and they were just into yeah, it. That was, that was a good moment. Yeah, I was a ten-year-old kid and just seeing two blokes go hammer and tongue was fantastic. They both be off for HIAs this game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were they were in it. it they'd, like, they'd have been off for punching each other. <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah, that was certainly um, one of my. Vivid memories as a kid watching the national yeah, matches. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. Yeah, um, another one was um, when Tonga beat Australia in um, it was two thousand and nineteen, um, and they beat uh, Australia sixteen twelve over in New Zealand. There've been a few players who defected out of Australia for the Tongan and Samoan sides. It was you know Tamalolo and uh, Fafita, and you know just everyone's thought. Forever and a day, Australia was infallible and unbeatable, but just to get beat by what was probably considered... Tamalolo defected from Australia. Yeah, Tamalolo wouldn't want to go... Pick what? Maybe New Zealand. Sorry, he defected from <laughs> New Zealand. Sorry, that's right. He got defected from the New Zealand side over into the Tongan side. Was Tongan, it? yeah. Tell Gab to write a note to bit better and research better, will you? God, she's... No, I think she's put that in there on purpose. <laughs> At least some of us make notes. I've got to say, I've got to say, Shannon, that I, I thought about that that game because all I remember was a, a wave of red and white flags, yeah. Yeah. and it was just such a carnival atmosphere, yeah. wasn't it? I think it was a it was a renaissance for the international game. I think they well, played in Wellington too. Was it Wellington yeah. they played? I, I, when, it was Eden when Park. You, Eden, yeah. oh, when Eden you interview Cam Murray at Crown. You should ask him about that game and his his happy memories of that game. Yeah, well, one of the um, Saliva Havili uh, led the led the war cry. I don't yeah. think they call it the Hark of the Tongan. No, I think it's the Sivatau. Yeah, and he led it, and it was pretty. They're always pretty spirited, but mm. it was pretty spirited, and he had a really big game in that one as well. So um, good player, Saliva. Yeah, he is very good. He's been great for us, hasn't he? Yep. Um, I also want to talk about um, talking about this World Cup. I think. You know, I'm a bit biased, but the Italians played against the Scottish. No one gave them a chance. Hadn't, hadn't won a World Cup. Go, come on, Hello, bear with me. Why don't we talk about Jack Campanella? <laughs> well, that's actually what I was... His performance for Italy this Sorry, week. Sorry, yeah, oh, so uh, Okay, good, good. I thought it was about you, captain of them again, right? That's the next one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. The problem teams. is we know you are. That's the worry. <laughs> He's been captain of a few teams at Pinocchio's on Friday <laughs> afternoon. But that 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 uh, twenty-two to four win against Scotland. They were the heavy underdogs, the Italians, the Azuri. Um, no one gave them any chance. It was their um, first World Cup match in a long time. They were under a lot of pressure, playing with a parochial home ground um, up there, well, up north of the border, right near the Scottish border. And they just came out and did a job on Scotland. They played really, really. And Jack, he was one of the best players on the on the field. Young Jack Capagnolo, who we Good got from up in North Queensland. He laid on a couple of great tries. Played 
played really well and I was really happy for him. But just all of the Uzuri, I've had a little bit to do with um, them in the lead up to the Cup and supported some of their fundraising efforts and stuff so like that. So you've gone to their dinners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's their dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sad truth, Jess. I've only been to a few dinners, that's all. I haven't been to one training session or anything. I've just, I've just been to their corporate uh. events. <laughs> but my heart's with them, Jess, uh. as is my stomach. Yeah. So. <laughs> you guys are cruel. Uh. Please don't so mock good. my final one of my, my stellar international career. Um <laughs> With the Italian side, I was over there in 1999. We were playing to qualify for the for the World Cup, and we're playing in France. And I don't know if you've ever seen any of the French local league or the French referees, but they should never be able to coach. Sorry, ne- never be able to referee a game that France are playing in because they just absolutely <coughs> cane you, the referees. It was Le real- Barry Gomesel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> times twenty. Times we were just getting caned over there in the penalties, but we still managed to go in at six all at half time. And the French were were the very heavy favourites. They were a bit stronger than what they are now. And um, we had some good players. We had like Minocello and David Riolo and uh, Frank Napoli and da- uh, Gavin Dolso from the Sharks and those kind of guys. We had we had a really good side, but we were getting caned, and it was a Royal Cup. Qualify was a really important match, and to keep us in a chance of qualifying for the World Cup, we had to win. And six all absolutely running out of troops and then with about five minutes to go Damien Sonny goes South yeah. Sogsy South boy. I used to teach Sogsy yeah and he played here at South as well yeah, yeah. great player Damien Sonigo. Um great Rabbito, great local boy still lives local and uh, his young bloke's a good footy player too I've seen him play in the local league but so- Damien Sonigo, uh scores with not long to go, and we win the match 14-10. No one, no one gave us a home. So uh, that was that's a personal one, but playing in that Italian side to beat France on French soil, ultimately we didn't actually end up qualifying for that World Cup, so it was all in vain. But it was just a great memory going over there in front of their home crowd and, and uh, sticking it to them. Do you know the Italian national anthem? No. Give us a rendition. <laughs> <laughs> Red, red, <laughs> I know where the local three pizza huts are. <laughs> That'd be sacrilegious, wouldn't it? Going to Italy and eating Pizza Hut pizza? Yeah, no, no. No, no one in Italy eats Pizza Hut pizza. And nah. Mate, I, don't, I don't even eat Pizza Hut pizza because we're sponsored by the fine people at McDonald's here. Yep. and Love their pizza. The only, only, uh, <laughs> only quick service restaurants I go to are McDonald's. Yeah, very. As, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I had a couple to add to to that list. Um, one of them was the great Henderson Gill. Oh, yes. The former Rabbitoh only played eight games for the Rabbits, but he left a lasting impression on me. And his try celebration after scoring a try against the Aussies in the 88 Ashes series at the SFS, he scored two tries that day. He's gone over for the try and he's done the big cowboy, got his arm up above his head <laughs> yes. like a big lasso. <laughs> and the hip wiggle. Yeah, with that it. big hip wiggle. He's <laughs> dancing there on the field. And I'll just, I'll remember that. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Um, yeah, playing for Great Britain. So that was one for me. And then another one um, from the Poms, Sammy Burgess. He scored two tries against Australia in the final of the 2009 Four Nations. Yes. Um, he had signed with us. Um, but hadn't played with us yet. So he was still over in England. People were 
um, intrigued about this young guy that we'd signed from England, 20 years old, didn't know much about him, hadn't seen much of him. The only thing we'd seen was him putting this massive hit on Fooey Fooey Moi Moi, which was all over YouTube at the time. And we thought, oh, this kid's probably got a bit of, bit of a future about him. And he's come out against Australia and scored two tries. And one of the tries, he just went straight up the middle. He went straight past Petro Sivanasita yeah. and then stepped Billy Slater and scored under the post. And I remember sitting there at five in the morning thinking, my God, this is <laughs> this is who we've got coming. Yeah, I remember club. that try. Yeah. The one about Petro, <laughs> I remember. He'd been char- charging like a bull from the yeah. back fence all game. And that one, he beat. He actually beat Petro with footwork, yeah. late footwork. Yeah. So he charged a Petro, Pet, um, planted his feet, yeah. and then he put late footwork and went straight yeah. past him, almost untouched. Yeah. It was an amazing try. Yeah. Um, he's... A freak athlete, um, Sam Burgess. Yeah. Is yeah. Not many of us are around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, fellow interna- international yeah, captain. Fellow international captains, yeah. We're elite, elite class, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, very good. Righto. Well, let's move on to our next uh, segment. All right, it's time for the jokes of the week slash month slash six weeks, however long it's been since we've last done one of these. We're going to start with you, Shannon, because Ello's going to, uh, I think, hit us with a really good uh, true story. Okay. I forgot about that. (laughs) I just checked another. I had another Jack ready to go. Oh, we can do two. We can do two. If he's doing two, I'll just make mine a short one. But keep it in the the theme of the show. We're talking about, you know, rugby league and internationals and how good the Aussies and the Poms and the Kiwis. This one's a a Kiwis joke. And uh, it's, you know, how do you know when that Kiwi's broken into your house? When your Ugg boots are stolen and there's love bites in the leg of lamb. (laughs) 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 Big shout out to Matty Lucas just out there, our resident Kiwi videographer. God love you. you. (laughs) Gets around the office with his Stacey Jones t-shirt. Oh, yes. His New Zealand T20. You could probably (laughs) tell the bar mitzvah one after that. No, no. Well, you know, uh, please don't make me do any more editing than I need to. <laughs> a true story. This is a true oh, story. A true story. <laughs> no, no, it is. You can you can Google it and find Greg Dowling when he was asked about um, what that fight was about with Kevin Tamati. Um, he said, "Look, you know, it was a few sledges," and they said, "What was a sledge?" And he he said to him. Um, you know, every the Kiwis and the sheep thing. He said, mate, it's disgusting what you guys do with those sheep. We've got to eat them after you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, nah. a, that's a true story. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> I remember I had a Kiwi, mate, and um, you know, over here, we don't get accused of those kind of things. And I said, mate, over here, we share them. And he said, not over there, we don't. We, we get our own. <laughs> <laughs> we don't share with anyone. Oh, that's good. Uh, All right, hello. Which well, one? I'm just going to go first with the Italian flavour. Oh, no. Because of our Sacrilegious, yes. Yeah, yeah. You heard about the Italian chef that died? He no. passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I've got a... Uh, I've got a... Uh, this one. Humptish. <laughs> 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 Oh, the other ones about the Italians, about why they grow beers, to look like their mothers. <laughs> Shout out to your mum. Hi mum, how are you? Or the other one, why they wear gold Hang on, sa- hang on. 
Does James class himself as Italian? <laughs> yes. Shout out to Gabby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know they all wear the gold chains. You know why the Italians wear the gold chains? I do, but so you tell know, us. So they know where to stop shaving. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Oh, I like that. I heard that. That's, that's pretty good for you. Uh, yeah, we're no, not racist good. here. We just bag everybody. <laughs> Oh dear! Right, <laughs> hello. Have you got another one for us? Well, it's it's that popular request, Jez. As you said, you brought it up with me before. And just a preface to this, I have told this one before on our, on our I think show. It might have been episode one. Yeah, it was pretty early, oh, early yeah. doors. I, actually, I hope I can remember it. That's the big thing. I haven't <laughs> told it for quite a while, but the, it came about because when we were at the charity shoot, I think it might have been a couple of years ago. Uh, we're at the great um, Desi's pub. Desi Kennedy's pub, the, the, Oriental. the fantastic mayor of Mudgee. What a great man. Yes. And anyway... The, the, uh, I saw him on the Today Show the other yeah, day. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, he handled it very well. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't promote himself very well normally, so it was good to see him do that. <laughs> no, he's a champion, Blake. Uh, champion, Blake. He's on TV that much. He's, he's up for a Logie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great, Blake. Great, Shout Blake. Out to Des. I'm looking forward to getting back there for this year's Charity Shield again. Best Scotch fillets in... Oh. Yeah, it is. And it, it really well-run pub too, isn't it? It is. So, anyway, these a South Sydney couple that had been probably in their early thirties came up, and the, the wife they they came up and said to me, "Oh, can you tell me that joke again? The one about Billy Bloggs." I said, "Well, I said, gee, it goes for a while." I said, "What do you want me to tell you?" She said, "My husband's gone to the pub three try three times and tried to tell it, and he stuffed it up every time." So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, here we go. So anyway, Billy Bloggs is this great bloke down there from the Birmingham Boat Club down. That's right, the obviously, obviously south south of uh, well south of Sydney, mm. south of Wollongong, south of Nowra, south of everywhere. Mm. The Kiama blowhole and that. Anyway, mm. Billy just is such a well known person that you know everyone comes up to him and says hello to him. And he's sitting there having a beer with his mate, and his mate is so sick of it. Yeah. You go to have a beer with Billy. He, you know, he's his best mate, but everyone comes up and he'll be halfway through a conversation. Billy, how you going? And his mate goes, mate, I'm just trying to talk to him. He <laughs> sort of gets half boy jealous of him. Yeah. You know, but but I can understand if you want to talk to people. And, you know, <clears throat> anyway, a bit like Shannon. Shannon knows everyone. You know. <laughs> so anyway... He did. He's talking. He you can't go down to the bistro here at the Junior. <laughs> oh, no, no, the bistro for a quick food. No, for the bistro no, match no, 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 no. He knows all the staff. Yeah. <laughs> dong dongs. So, so anyway. <laughs> dong dong. Dong dong. I think I'm in the will of the owner of Dong Dongs. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, so so any, anyway, dong dongs. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> Billy. This bloke leaves talking to Billy, and his bloke mate gets some shits. He says, "Mate, is there, is there any person in the world that you don't know?" He said, "Oh, no." He said, "I know most people." He said, oh, "Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, I know most people." And he said, "Mate," he said, "I bet you, you don't know Paul Keating." Oh yeah, I know Paul Keating. He said, "Yeah, but you're you're a Labor voter, mate." He said, "No, no, I know Paul Keating. I know him well. He's come down. He was down in Burbank. You know that while ago. We went out and had lunch together. You remember me?" So, so, so he's, anyway, anyway, he says, "Well, I bet you, I'll bet you a hundred dollars, right, that you don't know Paul Keating." And he said, "And obviously, he said, well, how are we going to know if you know him?'" He said, "Well, we'll go up to Parliament." <laughs> 
up in Canberra. So it's about, from Bermagui, I think it's about a four-hour drive. So he said, all right, we'll drive up. We're going to have to hire a car. He said, I'll pay for all the petrol and everything up there, cover meals, accommodation. He said, sorry, not I won't. Whoever you, I don't think you know him. So if you don't know him, you've got to pay for all that and you pay me 100 I said, mate, I don't want to take your money. I'm happy to take you up meat pork eating, mate. You don't have to spend all this money to go see. Meat pork yeah, he said, he said, he said, no, no, we're on. He said, all right, mate, fair enough. So the way they go. Parliament sitting and and uh, uh, Keating's giving his, his his speech on uh, you know the new proposed super annual superannuation scheme mm. and things like that. It's one of the great change in Australia's history. Mm. You know the superannuation scheme. God bless and, him. And and yeah, he's done a good job there. And anyway, he's he's given halfway through it talking about how you how much percentage you got to <coughs> give in that. And Billy walks into into Parliament and he's halfway through it and he's. Oh, Billy, how are you, Billy? Bush? <laughs> and all everyone in Parliament turns around. Hey, there's Billy over there. They all start like, and he's mate, he's dead set. He's his chin's just dropped. His shoulders are dropped. He thought he does know this bastard. He said. <laughs> so anyway, it's cost him a hundred. It's cost him a high car, the petrol up and back, accommodation, meals, and he has to drive four four hours back in the car with him. Tell him I told you so. That was just as bad as anything else. So they get back there and they're sitting down next. They're there next week having a beer at the the Bermagui say. Uh, sailing club. It was a sailing club or boat club. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, it was near the water. <laughs> so anyway. Has this thing got batteries or what? How long is this going to take? So anyway, he, uh, you know, they're in at state of origin time too and he says... Uh, they're talking about footy, and, and you know, Billy's a mad New South Welshman, you know, loves, loves New South Wales, and, and his mate goes, I tell you, he, he's never been to Queensland. And they were saying, or Wayne, Wayne Bennett's coach in the Queensland State of Origin team. And there was, came up on came up on the news, they're watching the news there, and this Wayne Bennett, he said, oh, you wouldn't know him. He said, you hate Queensland. Said, oh, I know, I've had a bit to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> been on a few coaching camps up there with him, and Armadale and things like that. He actually, he actually sent a letter down uh, as a personal invitation to go up there. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty, I was pretty good last time. Uh, last time oh. I was there. So he said, "No way." He said, "All right, mate." He said, "That's it. I'm having five hundred on. You don't know this bloke. Five hundred on. We're going to fly up, fly up to Brisbane. We're going to go to their training session. I'm telling. I'll pay accommodation, everything. That's it. He said, "But I'm telling you, if you don't know him, you're paying for the lot." He said, "Of course, mate. No worries." He said, well, don't take your money. I told you that. He said, good bloke, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> he said, some of the nicknames Pelican or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so he gets up there and they're in the middle of their video session before they get out in the field for their final training session before the origin. And um, he walks in and they're talking tactics, you know. He walks in, like the Wally Lewis is in there, Kevy Walters, Greg Dowling, all of, you know, Gene Miles and all that. In walks Billy and, and Wayne's giving him the final take. He says, hey, Billy! He walks in, stops dead in what he's saying. Billy and all the boys, hey, Billy, Gene Miles is wa- waving at him and the king comes up and bows in front of him. And, you know, and his mate just goes, oh, I can't believe this. Anyway, he's done his cash again, right? 
So anyway, they get back to Bermagui. He's just he's dead set. He's almost out of out of money. And he said, "I got to get this back. How am I going to do it?" Uh, anyway, they're just talking. He said, "There's no." He said, "He said, what religion are you, Bill?" He said, "Oh, I'm an atheist." So uh, he said, "Oh, okay." He said, "Well, he said you obviously don't believe in, in religion or anything like that." And he's a Catholic. His mate. And he says, "Oh, he won't know the Pope. He won't know the Pope." <laughs> There's no way you'll know the Pope, you know? <laughs> so he says, right. He said, oh, I got one. He said, this one, the bet's a thousand dollars. He said, he said, airfares to and from Rome. Okay. Accommodation. Because we're going a fair way, we're gonna stay there for two nights. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> make it worthwhile. Exactly right. We'll go to the leaning tower of pasta as well. Pizza, sorry. <laughs> Uh, and he said, he said, mate, oh, he said, mate, I haven't really got time to go over to, uh, to Italy, mate. He said, it's too far, you know. He said, I haven't really got time. He said, he said, well, I'm telling you, mate, you got to go. You don't want to go because you know I'm right. You don't know this bloke. He said, it's going to cost you a lot of money. He said, you've won the first two, but I went. He said, no, I'm telling you, I know him. I know him, <laughs> I know him really well. He's a good bloke. He says he's a good bloke, right? So he said, well, how are we going to know? So they get over there. And yeah, you know, it's about it's about thirty minutes before the Pope's going to come out on the balcony yeah. at the Vatican, right? There's about thirty thousand Italians there uh, outside the Vatican waiting for him to come out on the balcony. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the real deal, the Pope. We all know that. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so anyway, and then his mate goes to Billy. Well, how the hell am I going to know if you know the Pope? There's thirty thousand people. He said, "Oh, so all right." He said, "You stay here. Don't move from here." He said, I'll go in, I'll go in the Vatican, I'll come out on the balcony with my arm wrapped around him. <laughs> he said, oh. he said, all right, I'm going to have another thousand, you can't do that as well. Yeah. So he said, all right, mate, I'm not taking your money, just leave it at a thousand. So anyway, anyway, 20 minutes pass and he's, he's down there. Anyway, out the balcony, out on the balcony to this huge roar of 30,000 Italians cheering on you know, their messiah. The Pope comes out there and there, wrapped around his shoulder, <laughs> was the king of Bermagui, <laughs> Billy Bloggs, right? So anyway, he's up there and the crowd's half by cheering him as well. You know, so a, they all know him. You know. <laughs> he's been over there before, so he hadn't, he hadn't told his mate that. He hasn't told his mate that. So anyway, so anyway from he's, up, he's, he's up there on the balcony and he looks down the crowd, they're going wild, and he sees his mate right down the back where he left him, shaping up and fighting all these Italians <laughs> out in the crowd. <laughs> and he's come, oh, he says to the Pope, he says, look mate, I'll come back, just my mate's down there, I've got to go and calm you down, what's going wrong, I'll come back for a cup or maybe a quiet one with you when, when it's all over. So he goes down, he comes down. And he gets over to his mate in the fight and he stops it all. He says, he says, says, Jimmy, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? He said, I know you've lost the bet, but you shouldn't get upset. <laughs> he said, look, he said, what's happened? He said, well, mate, he said, I got handle Paul Keating. <laughs> I got handle Wayne Bennett. <laughs> but when these bastards said, who's that bloke standing up there next to Billy Bloggs? I lost my shit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
best joke uh, I've ever heard. Uh, it's yes. so it is, good. It is hard to beat. I can't uh, think of a better one than that. Uh, there's only one that's anywhere near it, and it's Trent Robinson and Cameron Murray. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a good joke. <laughs> that is pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I'll have to do that. That, that Billy Monday. Blogs one. That is good. That is, that is a, you know who told me that joke? Speaking of Des Kennedy. Mm. I used to play. He, his brother used to play at Cronulla when I was there. Oh yeah, and he t- he told me that joke. Wow. Yes, right. okay. Paul Kennedy. Yeah, he wow. told the joke. It's that that's back in <laughs> 1985. Wow, it stood yeah. the test of time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So oh, so good. so for that beautiful couple <laughs> I met up in Mudgee, I hope you listen to that again. <laughs> yep. And to to the husband, don't stuff it up again. <laughs> Just because podcast, because mates, yeah. I haven't got time to tell it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was worth waiting for. Really. That, that was, was very good. Very good. Right, we'll wrap it up in a second. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. That is the end of the twenty twenty two season with that podcast there we hope you've enjoyed the few podcasts that we've done this year we know we haven't done as many as last year but we're just trying to keep it quality rather than quantity with what we're uh, with what we're talking about so we hope you've enjoyed that and i hope you two have enjoyed yourself with the podcast as well gents i certainly have and if our listeners haven't had enough they can go down to crown and find hello and <laughs> they're here and doing his next recording without you and i yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there somewhere yeah, i think we'll uh, be there somewhere. i'm gonna i'm gonna have an extra guest i'm gonna bring billy blogs along with me too. <laughs> He'll get you a good table. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he knows the most of He knows Packer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That is good. That is good. Well, we might have to do another one in the preseason, I reckon. Yeah, sounds a bit good. Of a, sounds good to me. A bit of a precursor to the 23 season, which, yeah. um, as Elo was saying before, very promising season uh, coming up. Not a lot of change in our squad. A lot of the young guys getting a, another year's experience and – Really looking forward to being led by some of the big guns as well for for more of our season this year because as we said, probably just ran out of troops at the end there. But um, yeah, some very memorable moments throughout the season, particularly that win over the Chooks in the elimination final. Elimination final. Dude. Where they yeah, got eliminated. Got that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the thing about those elimination finals, isn't it? Just someone always has to get eliminated. Damn. That's it. I'm glad you actually <laughs> talked about the prelim final because I find it really hard to say preliminary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really that's why I say prelim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to say preliminary. He's our ground on <laughs> God help us. <laughs> the preliminary final. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, in the next few months to have a look at the uh, the new season that's coming up. But thank you again for your time, gents. I really enjoyed it this year. It's been good fun. Live from young Henry's, Jess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I look forward to it. Maybe Thanks, not live. Jess. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. That's been good, good too, Shannon. Oh, geez. That's very well, good. Well, that's nice. Mate. I'm going to be, gonna be <laughs> nice to him. I'm going to say next year we've got to have something that, that you can't mention Italy anymore. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Actually, I, I want to finish on a positive, hello, seriously. You know what I like about you? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, when Jess said to me, what's the joke of the week, I was going to say Shannon. And <laughs> <laughs> he's receding hairline. Uh, <laughs> he's doing a comb over from his shoulders these days. <laughs> 
All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in the uh, coming months.